0: We all remember where we were when Joe versus the Volcano.
1: I was watching Candy get shot on 9-11. I don't want to see an ordinary film. I want to see something extraordinary. Your sacrifice completes my sanctuary of 1,000 testicles. You ever feel as if your mind had started to erode? Come, uh, let's rock indeed! Welcome to One Thousand Wives of Weird. I'm Brad Hefner, and with me, as always, is Billy Martel. And this is a different episode in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. We are not in the usual studio, and the only other episode that we were not in the usual studio for was so bad we did not <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did not put it out. Yeah. We're also wearing masks, so if you yes. sound a little bit muffled, and if uh, the echo effect is
0: yeah. We're on stage in front of a thousand people. Yeah, this
1: is our first live show. Uh, we're opening up for uh, Smash Mouth. That's right. And the crowd could not be more disappointed. I mean, it's hard to be more disappointed than Smash Mouth. But, uh, I saw
2: them when they were at like coming. I took Cooper and Max, and I got to I thought this
1: was—I thought this was going to be back when you were like no in college. No, this no, was real. this was like two years ago. I remember when they came. Yeah.
2: I
0: almost went, and I was like, "No." I,
2: well, I was like, "Why not?" You know. I I'm mean, sure. seriously, yeah. what else am I doing? I mean, when, it was when like the, a random. Week start coming, and, of, and
0: they don't stop coming. That's it. So, exactly. Guys, yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: they waited to. That yeah. was the last song. That was. That was of never, they, no, they, 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 they had that. to. Keep,
0: I thought they would just do that, like for every song, they would just but do different that, remixes. I think that's
2: really all anybody wanted. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. walking
1: on the sun's a decent song
2: too. It was. It
0: was
1: okay. Um, but we also have our first guest. Yes, I've known her for twenty years. She's a wife, a mother, and really, what more can a woman accomplish that needs to be said? Uh, she's a teacher. She's a she's a she's a towering figure in the community, a colossus astride our town. My dear friend, Springmore. Welcome to the show, Spring. Thank you for coming.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Absolutely. And you've brought a movie that you've loved for a long time Yes. and got me to watch way, way back Mm -hmm. uh, when I was your student called Joe versus the Volcano. Yes. And this is what this show is about. It's about the weird things that not a lot of people really remember or dig. And we want to talk to the people who love those things. Absolutely. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, do you remember when you first saw Joe vs. the Volcano?
2: I know that, well, it came out in what, 1990, right? Yes. So I was 11 in 1990. Nice. Um, and I I do, I remember waiting for it to come onto HBO. HBO used to put out those little HBO guides. Yeah, I remember those. Okay, you do? So I, I'm old. <laughs> and I can still remember the pictures they would always feature on the back of the HBO guide. And I can remember the picture for Joe vs. the Volcano and waiting and waiting for that movie to come because. Tom Hanks, like right, I, right. I loved Splash, and I loved sure. The Money Pit, and you know these right, were movies yeah. that when I was really young, I were really funny yeah. to me, and I enjoyed them. So I couldn't wait for that movie to come out, and I can I can definitely remember watching it in my living room at home, but I can also remember watching it with my with my aunt at her house, and. Um, She just, I can remember her laughing so hard at this movie at parts that I guess at the time I didn't realize how funny they were. Yeah, sure, yeah. um, But uh, yes, I can remember loving it even back then and loving that Meg Ryan played three roles. Played three roles, yeah. um, I don't think, I mean, up to that point I hadn't seen a movie where that happened and really I haven't seen too many since.
1: Well, Eddie Murphy started, he stole that (laughs) much like Kanye West stealing the microphone from Meg Ryan. Eddie Murphy. <laughs>
2: <from> Meg Ryan.
1: <laughs> Taylor, Taylor Swift, I think you mean. Look,
0: any well, ta- white blonde women fair, all look the same. To me? be fair, Taylor Swift is the best role Meg Ryan ever played. Yes. There
1: you go. <laughs> she is so committed. That's so where she's committed. been. Yeah. That's why you don't see her in movies. She's kind of
0: like America. when Joaquin Phoenix took that year off from acting to act to live a role yes. to make a documentary about. Um, We're yeah. not sure when Meg Ryan will come back from this one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, what are some of the things you love about Joe vs. the Volcano?
2: I love. It's a fairy tale sort of quality to it, right? That mm-hmm. yeah. starts yeah. once upon a time and ends with you know happily, happily, like, ever, after, happily ever after. Spoilers, um, right? Exactly. We <laughs> don't need to watch it. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, well, they
1: live. Yeah, yeah. I,
2: I guess at that point in my life, it was the perfect blend of um, a fairy tale. Yeah. So it had that childlike quality about it, but it was also sort of funnily bizarre.
3: Yes. Um, mm-hmm.
2: And just at the age where, like, the romance element of it appealed to me. Sure. But it was just, even then, so kind of visually appealing. And, yeah. you know, even yeah. more so yeah. now. It's so pretty. But I, I loved how there was such simplicity, but such depth in so many of the lines. Like, yeah. I can remember the first time I watched the part at the beginning with the daisy.
1: Oh, yeah, You know? Yeah. And
2: I immediately, that was it.
1: It's, yeah, yeah, it's a great moment. Yeah. All right, now, despite the little bit of spoilers that they live and are happy at the end. (laughs) And apparently they live forever because ever after. Ever after. after. Uh,
0: Or maybe this movie is just confirming an afterlife for us.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Spring, did this movie reaffirm your personal relationship with Jesus Christ? (laughs) No. No. But Billy and I are going to say whether we recommend this movie as well. Sure. Before we get into the plot. Billy, would you recommend Joe vs. the Volcano?
0: Absolutely. I, I actually, I, I, I was lazy again and I, I waited until just this morning to watch it. But that's kind of good because I was really depressed this past week and this movie cheered me right up. This, this It's so full of light. Like you were talking about the, the, the imagery is so well chosen. It's so intentionally done the writing, the monologues that Tom Hanks has in the film, the different... I've never seen Meg Ryan play so many different yeah. kinds of things. I thought she could only do one thing. Yeah. Because that's all, all that she's ever it's true. asked to do.
3: Meg Ryan playing Meg Ryan. Ma- playing yes. Meg
0: Ryan. And in, in, in the end of the movie, we do finally get that. But before that, we she plays some legit character yes. parts, and I didn't recognize her at first. Yeah. And, uh, no, there's there's a lot to love about this movie, and I love... I, I talk... Repeatedly on this podcast about how much I I don't understand Hollywood's obsession with maintaining realism That they insist on trying to reflect the real world and everything Mm -hmm. and this movie throws that away Immediately from the first shot and the minute that first shot came up and we'll talk about it I was I was I I was immediately in love with the movie and it 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 had a few moments that were so sincere that my little black heart was like (laughs) was like ah come on but like for most of it i was able to
1: push that aside
0: my inner cynicism and just enjoy the fairy tale
1: uh i would also recommend it yeah i think of the three of us i might have liked it the least i still enjoyed it a lot (laughs) i enjoy everything that you guys have mentioned yeah but, and because of the fairy tale quality, this is most likely a choice. There's not a lot of subtlety in this movie. No, no. not at all. Um, which, not every movie needs to be subtle. And it works well in this for the most part. Other thing is, a lot of the visually interesting stuff we lose for a good portion in the middle of the movie. Hmm. And for that, I was sort of like, this movie started so. When they're on the boat? More when he's like doing his fashion montage. And going to dinner. Temporarily becomes Pretty Woman for a little bit. Yes. (laughs) It it absolutely does. And I was like, these are all... The rest of the movie has such wonderful set design, production design. And that was so mundane. That was like, give me more of what I saw at the beginning. Right. Uh, Give me more of this style that this movie
0: wants to do. The beginning of the movie almost feels like a deleted scene from Brazil.
1: We were talking, yeah. Spring and I were talking yeah. about Brazil uh, outside. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, exactly. And then I realized at the end of the movie, oh, they blew all their budget on the last 20 minutes or so. Right. So that's sort of, then I understand sort of the uh, more mundane part. But yeah, this is a great, cheerful, mm-hmm. very unique movie. You're not going to see another romantic comedy like this no No. absolutely not all right now we'll get into talking about the film this like we said this came out in 1990. Mm -hmm. it's written and directed by john patrick shanley who is primarily a playwright who wrote the play doubt yeah and that's one of the only plays
0: i've ever actually is the only play i've ever directed yeah and it's one of my favorite plays he also directed the movie version
1: that's right. Yeah, um, and
0: he's also the writer of a very strange animated movie that I really want to talk about on the show called "We're Back at a, a dinosaur, dinosaur Story." Yes, <laughs> he's had a bit of a strange career. <laughs> that movie is so weird. It's like it's 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 like so much palpably weirder than
1: this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I bring it on. Sure. And Doubt is so different from this. So, different. are you familiar with no, Doubt? No, I wrote it down so that doubt I could Doubt is a play about the a Catholic potential Church. sexual abuse in a Catholic school in oh. the 1950s. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I have heard of it. Uh, I think
1: yes. Meryl Streep was in the Meryl movie. Meryl Streep who played the nun who's investigating it, okay. and the, yep. the father
0: who is being investigated is played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay, yeah. Yeah.
2: Spring, yep. let
1: me ask you a question. Do you think people would warm up to the Catholic Church more <laughs> if instead of calling priests father, they called them daddy?
2: No,
3: no.
1: Billy, same question. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with, with,
0: with Spring's answer there. I'm going to say no. <laughs>
1: then we're all in agreement. <laughs> we're, we're all
0: in agreement. Daddy, not, not the best choice for the Catholic Church in terms of rebranding. But he
1: also wrote the screenplays for Moonstruck. Yes. Uh, I was surprised I'll, by that. I was surprised as well. Not as surprised I was well that he wrote Alive the movie about the soccer team in the Andes that mm-hmm. cannibalize each other. Yeah. Oh. Another one of his. Uh. And Congo. Oh, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Congo is, yes, is no, the I eighth know movie. What Congo is, for some reason, I
2: attributed that in my head to Michael Craig. Well, he wrote
1: the book. I guess he did the adaptation. Oh, that's right. He did uh, do the okay. book. Yeah. Okay. I can only assume he was so moved by this monkey story.
2: <laughs> like, As we all are. Yeah, no, right.
1: I keep Who a framed copy of Congo... <laughs> Which defeats its purpose, but just in case there's an apocalypse and needs to be saved. Sure. Congo is one of those movies that tragically underuses Bruce Campbell.
0: Like, it's that and uh, Dusk Till Dawn 2. Oh, to, is he in that? Tra- yeah, he's in an elevator at the very beginning of the movie and he gets killed off immediately, just like in Congo.
1: Gotcha. So, one of those yeah. Guys. He's in a jungle elevator in Congo and gets killed <laughs> off. Exactly, by vampire monkeys. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> This is a, this is from Amblin Entertainment, mm-hmm. which gave us a lot of great weird stuff in the 90s, like Animaniacs. I was watching an interview
0: with John Patrick Shanley after watching the movie, and he said that while working with Steven Spielberg to make this film, because Steven Spielberg ran Amblin Entertainment. Yeah, he's an executive uh, producer on this. He would send... Every time they would talk about movies, John Patrick Chanley would inevitably end up saying, I haven't seen that, whatever Steven Spielberg was talking about. So Steven Spielberg just kept sending movies to his hotel room the entire time they were making it. So he kept watching movies. And that's apparently how he learned to direct films, because this was his first uh-huh. film directing job was about watching the movies that Steven
1: Spielberg said. I mean, that's always the way you start. Is yeah. By just watching movies. Just watch movies. Over the opening t- titles, we hear the sound of an orchestra tuning up, and I mm-hmm. love that. I love... It's wonderful. Any bit... I always love when they acknowledge the artifice of the medium.
0: Yeah. It's that's always fantastic. I also realized... I, I had a weird moment coming into this movie
1: where I realized this is the first Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan film I've ever seen. This is... I thought I'd seen like... A million Meg Ryan movies. This is the only Meg Ryan movie I've seen. Well, I've seen... Ever? When... Yes. I've
0: seen... How's that possible?
2: I don't
1: know. <laughs> I've seen When Harry Met Sally, which is a great movie, by the
2: yeah, way. How, okay. How have you not seen When Harry Met Sally? I don't I know. I love that movie.
0: Well, you know okay, why okay. I hasn't
1: seen it? It's because Billy Crystal's in it. And he has right. a thing
0: against Billy Crystal. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I
1: assume <laughs> Billy Crystal's in blackface for most of it. Oh, my God! <laughs> That's not offensive. The man does blackface a lot. Okay, all right, all right. He does do blackface a lot. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so... Uh, but.
0: I, I've never seen a Tom Hanks Meg Ryan together movie. Like they mm. they made all of these rom-coms. Sleepless in Seattle, very you've famous. Got mail. Mm-hmm. I actually own Sleepless in Seattle. I've never seen it, but I I it doesn't I, touch. Television. I have I have a feeling it's not this anything my, like this.
2: this. <laughs> <laughs> the other two are fine for. I imagine down. that they
0: trade off in this in that one. Tom Hanks plays three different parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he plays
1: identical triplets. <laughs> And none of them can sleep. (laughs) But only one of them is in Seattle. Yes.
0: (laughs) And that makes him the right one for Meg.
1: We're told at the beginning that once upon a time, there was a guy named Joe who Mm -hmm. had a very lousy job. Yes. And Joe Banks is played by Tom Hanks. Yes. If you don't know who Tom Hanks is, he's he's known for bosom buddies and Mm -hmm. um, volunteers, *Mason monsters. Yep. Absolutely.
0: Um, Very under, under-recognized actor. Yes. They're up and coming. We really hope that he he makes it one day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, COVID survivor Tom Hanks, R.I.P. <laughs> Stop <it. laughs> We see as... Uh, as I forget who does the cover of Merle Travis's 16 Tons, mm-hmm. but this great song about mining coal plays as we see Joe and his co-workers... Trudge into their workplace, which is this nasty, concrete, almost dystopian structure. It's an office building, but the the
0: production design makes it look like a bunch of workers in the 1920s sure. going into a factory. It's a yeah. very
2: like it's almost like an 80s music video like exactly. vibe when they're going exactly. in there, for yeah. sure. Because there's people. What are they welding? <laughs> like,
3: <what> are they- <laughs> it's the
2: home of the rectal probe, it's and they the, they have petroleum, petroleum jelly. jelly. But they're welding. Like they keep showing the guy welding in the background. I don't understand what he's welding. I, no, it's like I was the, the building
0: looks like a giant face. There, you could you could make allusions to uh, Metropolis. There. Yeah. Uh, did I,
2: you notice the path though? Did you? See it was
1: it? very zigzaggy. Did you notice
2: that that's a repetition throughout the movie? Yes, yeah. I did. So I cute. did not
1: notice that. It was uh, super cool. We oh, see okay. it again at the end. We see it. Uh, we see it multiple times, yeah. but I noticed it at the end as the. Tribes people are going up the path of the volcano. Oh, is it another zigzag? It's another that, zigzag. But it's also that,
2: in his wall, like when Lloyd Bridges comes in and bangs the wall. Oh, like there's
1: a, oh my you goodness. Can, the
2: wall is, I just noticed it last night for the first time. Um, you can see the light coming through it because there's such a, you know, there's such a deeper meaning that they have with the light throughout the movie, yeah. like taking the lamp away, taking the light So you, away. Could you could say that
0: the little lightning bolt, which of course mimics the uh, fascist symbol of the SS, is in every place where he has been trapped by the, the, the horrors of capitalism.
2: Well, uh, Including I, the
0: trap that Lloyd Bridges has put him in to I, send him up to the volcano against his will.
2: I can't remember where else, it's somewhere else too. I have it written down somewhere. I, and then, um, well no, I actually at the end of the movie, I just noticed that last night, at the end of the movie he says um, something about, oh, it's a long time coming on a crooked road. Oh, that's oh, right, he
0: does say that. Oh my goodness it means something
1: spring is an english thing, <laughs> so she is going to be right there in it with the right. themes and the oh man i'm just taking english classes
2: that was the first time well the first time i saw it like when i was really looking at it last night i was like what's this supposed to mean is it like supposed to look yeah. like in an intestine since it's like a rectal puddle <laughs> <or something? laughs> But then I saw it in the apartment, and then yeah. it's again somewhere else, and it'll come up when I'm, we're going through. Sure. But then it's also on the volcano, and then when he said it's been a long time coming on, the, on a crooked road, I was like, oh, there it is, okay. <laughs> it
1: is. A Wizard of Oz connection, perhaps. But amidst all this, uh, and right away, the movie is telling us this is going to be a stylized affair. Very stylized. Where it's right from the start, yeah. it's, it's tipping its hand about what it is very much Um, so there's a great
0: shot which is i think it's it's one of the things i think you were thinking about when you said it's not very uh subtle yes where it literally it's it's a shot of tom hanks walking forward it pans down to a flower sticking out of the ground this beautiful flower and as tom hanks is tom hanks doesn't step on the flower but as Tom, it's, an, it's, it's, it's a match, it's a shot match down to the flower. The flower is Tom Hanks, and as he walks into the building, someone steps on the flower. Mm-hmm. He's going into a place that crushes him. And I was, and I understand why you might have not liked that for not being subtle. Yeah. My reaction to that immediately was that it was, a, I, I wrote down, that is a moment as subtle as the opening of Blue Velvet, which yes. I also love. So I did not have a problem with it not being subtle, because I was like, yes, and then the bugs are down there. (laughs) Uh,
1: Throughout this opening, Joe suffers various indignities and small disasters. Joe's office space is poorly lit. The lights are flickering like it's a David Lynch film. Yes. Uh, There's a lot of Lynch vibes, actually, with...
0: Especially in this opening. Yes. My favorite Lynch vibe I got was when the, the boss in the background, as he comes in, is having a cycling argument that goes through the same lines of dialogue over and over and over again.
1: I know he can get the job, but can
0: Can he he do do the the
2: job? job?
1: I'm not arguing with you. you. I'm not arguing arguing that with you. I'm not arguing that with you. Just over and And over and and over And the actor
0: does such a... I've seen this character actor in lots of
1: things. Dan Hedaya. I
0: usually think of him as Carla's ex-husband and From Cheers. Yes. No, that's right. But uh, he he does a fantastic job. when you're saying the same things over and over again as an actor, you can either make it very boring or you can escalate it too much. Because as an actor, you're, you're trained... Every time you repeat something, you have to say it differently. But he did a fantastic job of not only saying it the same way every time, but also making it feel like it was escalating without ever escalating it. Yes, yes
1: it's like a shepherd's tone.
0: <laughs> sure. I was just like, it was, it was a wonderful balancing act of
1: acting. And I was like, that's great. Yeah.
2: It's both but, times that he's in there. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, it's
1: great. Every, every time. This movie is so stacked with actors. Oh, my god. not intended. <laughs> um but uh, and we'll obviously point There's them out so as many we go. Fantastic
0: along. character performances in this movie. Yeah, everyone
1: does great in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. And Joe makes some disgusting looking coffee. Oh. oh,
2: the creamer! It's, just, but it's so true. It's oh so, yeah, no,
1: it's it it's, feels it feels like it's, it's an exaggeration,
0: but it feels like every coffee I've ever had in a workplace. Yeah, like, absolutely, every single one. Absolutely. Single well, the one. lighting.
2: Every time I'm anywhere with that sort of lighting, I think of this movie. The,
1: the gross fluorescent yeah, and like, lighting. Yeah, this makes that, makes that makes noise.
2: Me, I can hear him go. It yeah. makes me feel. <laughs>
0: it makes me feel puffy and bloated. I. I yep. He says, and I, I absolutely. I think we've all we've yeah. all been in that
1: situation. Uh, there's also a woman, Dee Dee, Meg Ryan's first role, who's yeah. constantly yes. puffing on an inhaler. Yes,
2: yeah, she can't breathe. But yeah. it's just like the whole weight of the job on right. everybody. It's oh, that's a good point. In different ways. I didn't
0: recognize her when she came in. I actually thought it was the actress from Weeds. Mary Louise Parker? That's it. Yeah. I thought it was Mary Louise Parker mm-hmm. for like a while until at a certain point she finally smiles, and Meg Ryan has a very distinct yeah, smile. So
3: it
1: was, like, oh, yeah. was like <laughs> <laughs> Joe sits down at his desk and he takes out a very garish lamp with a tropical s- scene on the shade, which yes. slowly mm-hmm. rotates. Yes. Yep. Mr. Waturi comes in to give Joe a dressing down because there's not enough catalogs, mm-hmm. even though Joe told him to order more catalogs.
2: Three weeks ago, then two weeks, weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But did did you, you, tell you tell me, me last week? <laughs> week?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Oh, another movie that this reminded me of a lot was the Crispin Glover starring adaptation of Bartleby the Scrivener. I have
2: not seen what?
1: that. I have not seen all of it but it's very strange.
2: Mhm. Glover.
1: Crispin Glover, yeah. Right. But it that's set in an office very much like this opening.
0: Mhm. The movie that this scene reminded me most of was it's not a movie that I've seen but it's it's a, a just a trailer. The trailer for the Ben Stiller remake of The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Okay. In the trailer for that it's just it's like a little short film where Ben Stiller's is like really sad at the job, and then he sees a poster for traveling, and he like runs into the poster, and is suddenly traveling all over the place. Never saw the movie. Apparently, it was really bad because it's a remake of the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Why would you do
1: that? I mean, technically, it's a readaptation. Oh, is it a book? It's a short story.
0: Oh, okay. But in the, uh, I, I was thinking about that when he put the lamp up there because I was like, I, I knew that he was going to travel to some place with a volcano. I thought at the time to fight it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was going to go somewhere where a volcano was. You
1: thought this was like a sci-fi movie. I thought
0: we were. I thought we were finally going to revisit the kaiju genre. You thought and Tom Hanks was going to grow giant size, a volcano was going to get up, and they were going to have bo- a boxing match.
1: Well, yeah, you thought this was a sequel to Big, right? Where he gets really big, he gets
0: even bigger, and he fights a volcano. <laughs> and he fights a volcano. Logical. Yeah, logical. right. Logical, but it, but. Uh, it just it, uh, he was looking at he was looking at the uh, at the lamp and it had all these tropical images mm-hmm. and I was like that's where he's that is his only escape is by looking into this location that doesn't exist and that's where he's eventually going to be
1: exactly well, the, yeah. and
2: then he comes in the boss comes in and says, get rid of the light literally says get rid of the light And yeah. I mean you can feel the oh tone yeah i didn't the, I
1: didn't pick up on that yeah but yeah, that is also way.
0: not
3: so <laughs>
2: <And then, laughs> Well, I, I even love Get rid of your life. Yeah. I loved the simplicity too of yeah. when he comes in, in his shoe, the soul, you know, they're talking yep. about the soul and he says, I'm yeah, losing my soul. I'm losing my soul. Yeah, yeah that was funny. I, I, I like that. Yeah, no, I loved that.
1: Uh but yeah, we learned that Joe is frequently sick. He mm-hmm. goes to the doctor all the time. Yes. And Waturi tells Joe that nobody feels good. After <laughs> yeah. childhood, it's all bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That he wrote that down too. Nobody feels uh, good. Nobody oh, feels good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. he uh, also says and I, it's stupid but he says cart blank which yeah is no totally yes. encapsulates the kind it's, of guy that he is exactly but he's one of those guys that says cart blank yeah you know? if
0: this performance was not played by him it would have been danny devito God blank <laughs> hark you, 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 every, not everybody's miserable hark and you gotta be
1: a hero. Stuff like that. I always I'm always curious. Was that the director? Was that in the script? Was that the sure, actor? Yeah. Either way, fantastic choice. Yeah. Later, Joe Goes to a doctor played by Robert Stack.
2: Mm-hmm. The voice. The it's voice. So great. Oh
1: man. Well,
0: apparently, Robert Stack and Lloyd Bridges were both cast in this movie specifically because uh, John Patrick Shanley remembered seeing them when he was a kid. And he was like, if I'm going to make a movie, I need to have my favorite actors in it, go. even if they're in small parts. Yeah. And uh, Steven Spielberg said, I'll call them for you. And he's like, we can do that?
2: Uh, well, and then they got sure. them. <laughs> my husband came in and was like, is this an airplane reunion? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I one was thinking exactly the same exactly thing.
1: Like yeah.
0: Leslie Nielsen plays the volcano. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love Robert Stack. Who I, doesn't love Robert Stack? Sure. Um... Isis. Isis, yeah, probably. <laughs> All of the criminals that have been <laughs> All caught. The, exactly. All yeah. of the
2: criminals that have been apprehended due to. Every solved yes. mystery the because they don't get their the time in the sun. The investigative work that has ensued based on. Yes.
1: Uh, we learn that Joe has been feeling sick for about eight years mm-hmm. uh, since he left the fire department. And Dr. Robert Stack tells Joe he has a brain cloud. And yes. I love that phrase. I do
2: too, and I love the way that he says it in yeah. his voice. And He's, you have a brain. Cloud. You have
1: a brain,
0: cloud. Robert Stack could could literally sell me a bridge. Like he yeah. he, he could say
1: anything, <laughs> and I, I would believe it. And what's also great is the world that's been built just in these short few minutes. Yeah, you're fully like. Yeah, brain cloud. Brain cloud. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, of course, Joe has a and, brain, and cloud.
2: he says it because it's his voice. He says, "Your brain will simply fail, followed by your body," and you're just <laughs> yeah. like, "That's something a doctor would say." Yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah, that's the that's order. That, the that, technical that's
1: technical That's the order that those things yeah. happen. Yeah. And yeah, and even the way he describes it, like in retrospect, uh, I did remember that it was. I remembered very little about this movie, but I did remember that Joe obviously does not die of a brain cloud. Right. But even knowing that, like the way he describes it, it's a black fog of tissue running down the center of his brain, mm-hmm. which is nonsense. <laughs> it's <laughs> absolute nonsense. But you I'm like,
2: completely buy it. Exactly. Because Robert Stack it's
1: saying it, It's so
2: simple, and you're just like, sure,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's very destructive and incurable. Yeah. He has about six months to live, four or five of which he'll be in perfect health. And then Joe wonderfully says, I'm not in perfect health now. <laughs> <laughs> and Robert Stack's like, this is probably just a manifestation of all your PTSD.
2: Because, because he was a, was a fire firefighter. firefighter.
1: Yeah. yeah. His
2: courage is what matters to him.
1: Exactly. Right. Courage is very important.
0: I Because of the fairytale nature of this movie and the vibe that it gives off, even even after I'd forgotten that the opening had had that fairytale bit, uh, I genuinely expected t- for him to be cured of the brain cloud by true love's kiss <laughs> during this go. movie. Sure. <laughs> yeah.
2: I forget about The Brain Cloud. Honestly, like I forget all about it by the time they're getting to the place yeah. and, you yeah. know, they're getting to the island and all of that. I'm not even well, thinking a, about The Brain Cloud anymore. This Ooh. is
0: a pretty packed movie. There's a lot of stuff. There,
1: there is. for it's, And it's only about 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time. So it's...
0: Absolutely. And then uh, I, I wrote down a note... When the doctor says you got to live well, in the live, what, it well. You know, live it live in the time you have left. Live it well. And I wrote down he has to Queen Latifah it up. Yes, because that's the only other movie I've seen with this plot is a Queen, <laughs> that Queen Latifah movie where she is going to die,
1: where she jumps into a volcano.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know the famous Queen Latifah volcano. Movie, yeah, Queen Latifah versus the volcano. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a franchise. I don't know if we <laughs> made that clear earlier. Steve okay. Buscemi versus the Volcano, I, underrated.
1: Hal Holbrook, R.I.P. vs. the Volcano. <laughs> As Mark Twain, of course. Oh, of
0: course, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> then Huck and Jim is... went down on a river of lava.
0: <clears throat> and thank you for not saying Jim's full name. Oh. Well, that's one
1: of Spring's favorite books. I know. Yeah, I said to teach that book. <laughs> she knows yeah. it well. I do. Yeah. She knows Jim's legal Christian name. <laughs> As Joe is leaving... We get a be- Ray Charles's beautiful rendition of Old Man River, mm-hmm. as Joe hugs a very big dog. What's
3: the dog? He hugs,
0: th- hugs the hugs dog! Exclamation point. A huge Great Dane. Yes. And the,
2: the woman walking the dog is very uncomfortable, clearly. So he yeah. hugs her. He hugs right. her
0: too. And
1: um, they
0: both, they both, even the the dog and the lady are both kind of like get, get away from yeah. me! Yeah, yeah. And he's is so sad because he so desperately needs. That connection with yes. yeah. another human um, being. Well, he's
1: just been delivered devastating news. And yeah. Joe has no friends or family or support system. No. So he just grabs what's immediately in front of him. This giant dog. This right. Marmaduke. This this, yeah, this is is big, big Scooby-Doo. Uh, back at work, Joe quits his job. And he he makes,
2: fixes the flower first. That's oh, right. He right. fixes he does. the flower. He comes back and sees the flower's been trampled, and he fixes it. He does. And then which he goes is adorable. In. Yes,
1: he right's the world's wrongs, yes, much he, like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it's simple. It is simple. Yeah, and it's, it is it's
2: not. It, it, you don't have to talk it up. You just watch it happen. Exactly. Which and is it's beautiful. it's a
1: very short moment, mm-hmm. uh, and it does work well for its lack of subtlety. It it's perfect for the movie. Yeah. Uh, he makes a big quitting speech, which includes Joe very creepily talking to Dee Dee um, <laughs> and threatening to kill his boss.
0: Well, I, I want to point out here that this is this is one of my favorite bits of writing in the movies, this monologue, and it mm-hmm. starts with my favorite, I love every part of it, but my I'm, probably my favorite part is that it starts with, I should say something here. The boss says to him as he's on yeah. his way out, it yes. won't be hard to replace you, and he says, under his breath, I should say something here. And I and he he, he, he comes he turns around back to him and he's and he I, I don't remember the entire monologue obviously, but as you were saying, like, yeah, there are some there's some comments about DD That are that are a little bit creepy. I would say that they're. I listen to her skirt.
3: No, Russell. I
0: think yeah. it's
2: beautiful. I wrote those down when he says, "like gold in my hand, like sugar on my tongue." I could hear your fabric rustle. It's not creepy when Tom Hanks says it. If somebody else said it, maybe it would be. But I, Tom Hanks, could tell me that my words were like sugar on his tongue, and I'd be just fine with that. Sure. But what, yeah. What I. What I.
1: Hold on. We should also point out. Yeah. That technically, this isn't Tom Hanks. Yeah, this is mullet Tom Hanks. That's right, but this only is, briefly. Only briefly, and but when he delivers this, it was
2: 1990, mullet, so it was still moderately even, okay. They, we were they were just knew learning. it was
1: not okay. That's why. He <laughs> <No. loses laughs>
2: it. Well, that's why that's part it's part of loses the, the. That's it. part of the. Yes, the.
1: But his transformation yes. to a person who should be allowed to vote. Right,
2: but he was still likable to us with the mullet because it was still close enough. Well, yeah, he's, that he's, time he's, period. The Schlemy, he's the schlemiel. He's the schlemazel.
0: But here's here's what I appreciate about that part is that he's not saying that like if this were a movie that had been made in the 60s -hmm. the character would have said something about like this woman's been around here and i've never and i've never grabbed her gathered her up into my arms and kissed her like and it would have been played by jimmy stewart or Cary grant like some and someone who you would actually be threatened by not jimmy stewart but still and and in this movie uh he doesn't say that he just says this this woman has this appreciable woman. This woman that is is that has things to admire has come in and out, and I have never noticed that. Yeah, that's that's yeah. all he's saying.
1: Sure, and defend this creep.
2: No, it's beautiful. <laughs> this it's man funny. should be. On. How many things do, do nothing, we not appreciate? in our lives says, that are right in front of us.
0: It did make me feel a little bit creepy, I admit, but at the same time, I acknowledge that. He didn't say anything about taking away her agency in that. True. Just saying, I should have asked her out. Yep. That's that's basically all he's saying. But yeah, it was it was written beautifully. The the analogies that he comes up with, and when he talks about just killing his boss, which yeah, he absolutely should be going to prison. After yeah. this. that's what would happen in real life. But I I he
2: sold his life for three hundred dollars for three hundred dollars
0: yeah. a week, which is uh, insane. Yes, the way that we all live. Yeah. And uh, I was I was listening to it. And I've been listening to a lot of socialist propaganda recently, uh, and uh, if I hadn't been, I would be a socialist. If I hadn't decided this week I'm a socialist, I would be a socialist after listening to that monologue.
1: Okay. So. Joe versus the Volcano, radicalizing people since 1990. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I, I just thought it was, it was a fantastic monologue,
0: and I want to use it in an audition someday. Do it's it. It's just too, it's too beautiful. And I love how uh, also the boss. I know I'm rattling on. Just tell me to shut up. But the, I know that I love also how the boss can do nothing but say the same thing over and over again. <laughs> like, you better get out of here. And, yeah, he just, yeah. and he gets more, and slightly more desperate every time he says it because he actually has no power. And it's it's fantastic.
1: This is a non sequitur. Okay. Okay. Well, it's tangentially related. Dan Hidea should have played Yogi Bear. <laughs> I, I <don't-
2: laughs> Yeah, you don't have to agree. It's a I, controversial statement. No, I, <laughs>
1: it's a hot thing. I can tank. see
2: it, but I don't know, know that I want to see it.
1: Yeah. I think it would be... I think. Where's that picnic basket? <laughs> yeah, that's
2: exactly yeah. what I was playing in my head. <laughs> yep, that's it exactly.
1: Uh, I, but I, don't I, go
2: past this part without talking about how he pops back in. I he, love how he pops he back He pops in.
1: back in to ask Dee Dee out on yep. a yep. date. And I the
2: love room. the way that her whole demeanor changes in just that part. You yeah,
1: know? yeah because she's never seen joe like this before
2: because earlier she sort of criticizes him for taking it that
0: was was another thing i wanted to say is that when he is in this position because he was too neurotic and full of trauma to continue Mm -hmm. being Mm -hmm. a firefighter that's not his fault he had to work this job and he's stuck doing this job and is constantly criticized for things he didn't do and not only was the boss criticizing him he was criticizing himself for being sick uh, Meg Ryan was criticizing everything and everyone, including himself, blames himself up until when he finally breaks free in this monologue for stuff that are entirely outside of his power. Sure.
2: sure. And he pops yeah. back in and asks her, and the, her whole demeanor changes, and she's, I guess so sure. And she yeah. starts twirling her hair, and it's just so delightful. It's just It's
1: amazing. wonderful. She's fantastic. This is fantastic. absolutely
0: my favorite Meg Ryan movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Mine too. Yeah. And they go to dinner at a Mexican restaurant. Mm-hmm. And Joe sort of rambling like Jeff Goldblum in The Fly, just talking like a maniac, very up, about how you got to live life. And, yes. gotta live yep. it. and Joe pays off the mariachi band that always exists in movie Mexican restaurants.
2: <laughs> to make their hearts swell make and make... burst.
1: Exactly. He, he says,
2: I,
0: I bribed them to sing us a song that would drive us mad and makes our hearts swell sing and burst. burst. Yep. And that brought Twin Peaks into my mind. It sounded <laughs> like something that either Agent Cooper or... Albert would say. Yes.
1: Yeah. I love Uh,
2: Twin Peaks. I do love Twin Peaks. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And Tom Hanks' mullet is catching the light in a very romantic way. stop.
2: (laughs) But he says, the first time I saw you, I felt like I had seen you before. As he says several times in the movie. But that whole, whole, when she looks at him and says, where are you? Yeah. Yeah. That's such a relatable... I want to say that sometimes to people when I don't understand what has (laughs) just... The energy. Yeah, and she says, where are you? It's just wonderful.
1: Dynamic change that has happened. Mm -hmm. And here's a wonderful detail that I noticed as they exit the restaurant. For no reason, there's a man in a classic sailor suit Mm -hmm. standing on the corner. I noticed it too. No reason for him to be there. Just character... For...
0: On top of that, behind that sailor, there's also a poster on the wall. Yes, of
2: a volcano. Of a volcano. Yep. Oh.
0: And although it's not entirely visible in the version that I saw because I have bad Wi-Fi in my apartment, there is, they they littered the street with broken mirror shards uh, of the set. Oh, did they? So it would, so it would sparkle as, as they were walking by.
2: But the other thing that happens in that scene is her hand being clenched. Oh, I yeah. love the clenched hand that she has that she doesn't really unclench. But then at the end, you see her offer when they're getting when they're at the volcano, you see her offer yeah. her clenched hand. But she yeah. opens it,
1: which is a fantastic detail, It especially for Dee Dee right now, because she's she's, clenched. she's on edge. Joe is such a different person.
0: Yeah. And she was on edge before.
3: Yeah, she's just clenched. Yeah, she's just a clenched clenched
0: person.
1: And Joe does not make things better when they go back to his place. Well,
0: as they go back to his place, we see the city as a rainbow. Rainbow, I wrote that. Oh, all all the lights in the city are rainbow and then when they get to then when we get to his apartment every window is gelled a different color. That's beautiful. Which is yeah, absolutely. Which is a sign that he is secretly gay. Yes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. At Joe's place, he tells Dee Dee that he's going to die. And this is a big turnoff for her. He
0: says that as they're making out. They're, yeah. they're They're starting to make out. She's she's in the mood to go a little, to go all the way tonight. And he's like, I'm going to die. And she's like, okay,
1: wait a second.
2: I can't handle wait it. Wait a second. I can't handle it. Yeah.
1: Now, how would you guys react in this situation?
2: Uh, he, uh, <laughs> 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 I mean, certainly... It's a mood killer. Yeah, you have to stop what you're doing. I think and acknowledge what the person has said, and at least attempt to process it before. I think deciding I would, on your path.
0: I think I would definitely have to have a conversation about that information. Sure. Yeah, yeah. At, the, at the moment, I don't know if I would immediately run away. Run away like that. I mean, I've never been in that situation no. before, but uh, I feel like if I was, if I was raring to go. And I had and someone said that, I would at least have to sit down and be like, Okay, I've known you for a long time because we're co-workers in the situation. Let's let's talk this out. What is this? And then the minute they said brain cloud, the movie
3: would be over. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and he does lead with it's not catching. <laughs> <laughs> he
3: does.
0: <laughs>
2: it's not catching. Which is that's what you want. You want the reassurance.
0: Exactly, right. yeah. 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 You wanna you wanna know that it's not um yeah, communicable. But, I was about to make a very bad
1: dis- joke, and I'm going to not do that. But I think it's a <laughs> bit unfair on Dee Dee's part because we're all dying.
0: Joe's just doing true.
1: it fat. He's doing it more efficiently than yes. anybody else. He's doing. He's, he's. She should be more turned on. He's got because science. of his alacrity towards death. Right. Yeah. That's what women want. He's found something. Right? Don't yeah. they want a man who's going to die soon? <laughs> How much money they got. Yeah, no. The next day, Joe's noodling around on his ukulele. But that was something that he took from his office. He see,
0: we see him, before he leaves, uh, he gathers up his effects, and it's a ukulele. And, or how did you say it? <laughs>
1: ukulele? <laughs>
0: ukulele. I want to pronounce it right. Ukulele. That's not how it's pronounced. <laughs> That's oh, this definitely Just how it's Just say ukulele. Ukulele. Uh, and he has... The Odyssey. Uh, the Odyssey and a bunch of other classic books. Robinson like, Crusoe. Robinson Crusoe. Um, it's uh, him collecting his personhood back from the company store. Romeo also, I, 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 Oh, that's right. Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. And I completely forgot one of my favorite bits when he's quitting uh, is he goes up to a pipe that has a wheel on it. Oh, and it yeah. And he, says, the not, Do Do not he turns the drain. He turns and says...
2: Nothing happened. Yeah, they wanted to do it all the time. I've I'm been imagining how to, what would happen
0: if I did this for years. I have there's at least one of those types of things I've wanted to do with every job sure. that I've ever had when I was went out the door and I've never had the courage. And I think if I had done something, nothing <laughs> would have happened. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah.
1: Uh, and Lloyd Bridges, the fantastic oh. Lloyd Bridges, oh my God. shows up at his door with his duck head cane.
2: It's great. and
1: I, I love Lloyd Bridges so much. He's like Robert Stack, he's who doesn't. so yeah. bright,
2: too. He's his so eyes, big. he's so alive. He has
1: this wonderful carnival huckster energy. Yes. Where, again, you know that this man is untrustworthy. Yeah, Just from his, watching films and his energy, yes, like it's yes. too infectious. As we
0: find out over the course of the movie, he's actually like a pretty nasty person. But like he yes. is, he's charming as heck. Yes. As yes. This film.
1: He plays Samuel Harvey Grainamore, which is a great <laughs> name.
2: It is a great name.
1: Uh, his pipe is shaped like a naked lady. Yes,
2: I yeah. wrote that down too.
0: Yeah, and his cane goose. is shaped
1: like a goose—a du- a goose or a duck's head. Yeah. yeah, Again, wonderful details for the props and the set design. And he wants to hire Joe to jump into a volcano.
2: He, <laughs> when he comes in, and he tells him it's not a nice place.
1: Yeah, like, and he's like dingy.
2: Hits the, the, hit the wall. This <laughs> wall is dingy. He calls it dinky. It's so wonderful, oh, and he's God. got this huge smile on his face. As he's completely demoralizing every <laughs> single, you know, his Joe's existence. No okay. wonder
0: Jeff Bridges is so weird.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the, and Joe's just standing there in shock, and he says, <laughs> "I show it. I, I see it as a sign of tremendous sophistication that you haven't asked me my name." <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I
2: love it so much. I love it. So I, I, sure, that's it. Tremendous sophistication, and then he says you quit your job, and then he just says, eh, sounded like a dumb job." Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> completely. Yeah. because
1: he needs he needs to rook Joe, and he needs to break Absolutely. him down so he can build him back up to what he needs him to do. That's, I want it's, to see Lloyd Bridges do the Music Man. Well, I have bad news for you. <laughs> No. All right, be Lloyd Bridges. See you at the Our, crossroads. Yeah, see you at the crossroads, Lloyd Bridges.
0: But like, is he's? It, I I think he could do a really good performance as that character. Oh, definitely. I can see yeah, it for sure. absolutely. I can see it. Yeah, you're talking about the carnival huckster energy and all that stuff. Yes. So he, he says that he he he. There's an island that has a special elements
1: that he needs called
0: Boobaroos. Boobaroo. or as it <laughs> translates, unobtainium. Yes, uh, it is
1: an unobtainium. <laughs> And uh, a remarkably negligible part of this plot.
0: We right. never...
2: Yeah, they never talk about Boobaroo again. But what uh, it's... I love listening to Lloyd Bridges say
3: yeah.
0: Boobaroo.
1: Yeah. Right, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's, he gives a great little uh, info dump. Mm-hmm. There's an island called Waponi Wu, which means the little island with the big, big volcano. volcano. And that they believe that the fire god the fire god inside the volcano, which is called the Big Wu... I love
2: it! It's so yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the music behind it is so dramatic, and it's, just it's wonderful. It's
1: perfect. This, uh, is, this is
0: everything I wanted from a prequel to Moana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: this is the part where you can see the pattern on the wall with the light. Yeah. Oh, okay. When sure. they're having this conversation.
0: Yeah. Uh, and this is the moment when the jaws of capitalism are once again encircling him. Yes. yes. Yeah. Exactly.
1: They believe that the fire god inside the volcano needs to be appeased every 100 years, By a willing person jumping inside. Mm -hmm. Or else the island will sink into the ocean. And Lloyd Bridges wants Joe to be that sacrifice. Because he's not going to live for very long anyway. And he
2: knows of his history. He goes through Joe's history as a firefighter. And going back up for the last child and all of that. Talking about that's heroic. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And this is another very fairy tale element—the figure that comes out of nowhere and knows everything about you, and yeah. offers you incredible riches, as Namor does. He gives him a bunch of credit cards, tells him he has twenty days before he has to jump, uh, and it'll be a great twenty days with plane rides and yacht trips. Mm-hmm. And Joe agrees because why wouldn't he? You'll have until midnight to enjoy the ball. Well, Joe. he.
2: <laughs> He talks. He really talks it up, though. He talks oh, about yeah. the kind of people making those decisions. You know, this is that's the high country, making it sound as if Joe is so heroic to even consider oh, yeah. such a thing.
0: No, he gives a good pitch. Yeah, he really yeah. does. Yeah. And then
2: Joe. The, what I love about this movie is you think that it's going to go over the top, then. Right. And Joe is going to say something that's you know long and and you know fairy tale ass or whatever. Yeah. But he just says, "All right, I'll do it." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Because like, every time not? it builds like that, it just comes down again with something very simple. Just like, yeah, but the yeah. timing stinks at the it's, end. Yeah, right, just, yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I People are so matter-of-fact in this movie. It's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. It's um, true to life. And the MVP for that goes to Abe Vigoda <laughs> in oh, the gosh. last 20 minutes of the film.
0: <laughs> I'm going back down there. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh,
0: a Bagoda is just the king of, of no
1: selling. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh Joe rents a limo for the day to go shopping, and his limo driver, Ozzie Davis. Ozzy Davis! Ozzy
0: Davis is the MVP of this podcast at yes, this point. Uh he is He has turned in more time.
1: I believe so, and we're yeah. just big Ozzie Davis fans in general. Huge Ozzy Davis fans. Do the right thing. Ali and his gang just beat tooth decay. <laughs> right, he was piece. I listened to uh, that. Yes, he uh <laughs> Joe wants to get some new clothes, but he doesn't know where or what his style is. Yeah. And he wants advice from Marshall, Ozzie Davis's character. Yeah. And he gives this wonderful monologue about how he yeah. can't tell Joe who he is. That's it. Yeah. Clothes are such a personal thing. I believe mm-hmm.
2: the clothes make the man. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. And he can't tell I him. don't know you. I don't want to know you. <laughs> 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 Ozzie um.
0: Davis can... Uh, Ozzie Davis is just an incredible actor. He I mean, is. He's so,
1: so good uh, in this part. And they go to an Armani store where...
2: And who doesn't love a montage yes. to that song?
0: I will say, if if nothing else that we say about this movie makes you want to see the film, at least by the soundtrack. Yes. yes. It's fantastic. It really is. It goes so it's, well. Some, I'm going to do it after we talk. finish talking about it because it's just so good.
1: Uh... M- uh Joe buys them both Armani tuxes. Yep.
2: that's such a wonderful as, 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 as payment
1: for for Marshall getting to know him. He yeah, geox. he says
2: you didn't. Uh, you know, you're not getting paid to give me all this advice.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we get a shopping and makeover montage where, as we said before, Tom Hanks loses his mullet. He finally gets rid of that mullet. He uh, buys
2: that ridiculous hat.
1: He gets, yes, it's like um,
2: <laughs> I, I love it so much. It's that like he a, even buys the hat. Isn't and it? he has
1: like a safari like sort yeah. of get up on his hat. Later like,
2: she says, "Why you dress like Jungle Jim?" <laughs> I uh, love that she actually said that. Yes. You know, because you think things like that, but you don't really say it. Yes. She's just like, yeah. why are you dressed like Jungle Jim?"
0: Exactly. Um, and in my favorite bit in the montage is when he meets the character I called Luggage Man. Yep. Yes. My new favorite superhero. That
2: that part is so... <laughs> this is
1: one of your favorite parts, isn't I, it? I absolutely so love good. it. It's
2: Because you're looking... Everything that Joe says that he's going to do when he goes through Mm -hmm. where he's going to go and how he's going to be on a yacht and how he's going to be on an island. And the guy is so excited. He says, That's very interesting as a luggage problem. (laughs) Yes. Like his his whole life. He takes all the energy
0: that Sherlock Holmes takes into solving a case and puts it into his luggage. That's his
2: lens. That's his lens. Everything is is luggage. And he's so excited. He says, May you live to be a thousand years. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because he's so happy to jump on all those trunks that ultimately save his life multiple times. Yes,
0: no, this guy is the most committed, uh, genuine person in the movie.
1: Yes,
2: he's wonderful. Uh,
1: the actor who plays this is Barry McGovern. He okay. hasn't been in many movies. I don't know if he was more of a television actor, I don't but know. he should have been in a ton of stuff because he's fantastic. He deserved
0: an Oscar for this part, and
1: this performance is not. It's not big. No, hopefully. it's very subdued. But the excitement, like you were saying, is so palpable. He's got this yeah.
0: internalized intensity to him that just, no. you just—you can't take your eyes off of him. No,
2: and it's—it's it's so beautifully done. The whole room, the way that that showcase room works, um, that they yes. go through a particular door to look at the very special it's luggage. It's like
0: the entryway of the haunted mansion at it, Disney. It's,
2: it's, it's so beautiful. It yeah, the whole part, and he—that guy—he's. He is he has so much life in him for somebody who looks like he's been so beaten down. Yes, by he's, he's his sort existence. of
1: gaunt, a little bit hangdog. I'll um, tell you
0: how popular the scene is and how much people remember it. I was again, I was I looked up that interview to watch and I did it just by just by YouTubing. I, I searched Joe versus the Volcano. One of the first suggestions that comes up when you type in Joe versus the Volcano is luggage scene. Luggage scene. Yeah, <laughs> like yes. what's one of the first things? Because people just love the luggage guy.
2: He's wonderful. He's yeah.
1: amazing. And yes, uh as a
2: luggage problem. <laughs> <laughs> There's such a great May pause right before thousand thousand the timing years. of it. <laughs> Ooh, as a luggage problem. It's uh, That's wonderful.
1: Joe buys four top of the line watertight steamer trunks. Oh. Uh and again the wonderful blessing. May, May you, you live, live to be, be a thousand, thousand years, years old, old. sir. <laughs> uh, Joe checks into a fancy hotel and is very alone.
0: I, I love the bit where he he asks uh, Marshall about where to go. What's the best hotel? Yes. And Marshall says the Pierre. He says, and he says,
3: we're off to the Pierre.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs>
1: first Joe wants to go to the Plaza. Yeah. Right? He's like, that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. It's right I need you there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I- Chair. We're off to the Pierre. Um, but I mean, a limo driver—if you think about it—would know those. Oh things yeah, no, absolutely. Because they're driving, you know, they're driving people to the best places all the time. So. And right.
1: that's another wonderful thing about this movie: is all of these characters, for how little we see them, are so fully realized, absolutely, and yes. round characters, and different. Marshall isn't the same character as Graynamore, isn't the same character as Dr. Ellison. They even the all have their own quirks.
0: Even the characters that Meg Ryan plays all, all strikingly are strikingly different.
2: different people. I, and I, I love that. I
1: yes. Do.
2: But it's interesting because that leads into the, when you're into the airport, you know, did yep. you notice the people getting off the gate? Did you Mm -hmm. look? This Mm -hmm. is the first time I've ever noticed it.
3: No. What happened? A
2: ton of them are dressed identically. There are a whole bunch of people that come out behind that are all in these striped, very like, not like a regular fashion-y striped shirt, like almost like like an old-fashioned prison kind of striped shirt.
3: There are a whole
2: bunch of them. Then um, (laughs) some sort of poobah from the Catholic Church comes through with their gear on. And a bunch of children dressed in uniform come running after that, and so they're all of these people that look the same, and then I started to really think about the doubles idea within the movie, the fact yeah, that Nick Ryan yeah. is played by the same person, the fact that all of those people look, I mean, so, wow. it's clear, it's yeah, really no, it, it's clear, it's an intentional it, yeah. choice, absolutely, um, and so then I started kind of questioning, well, what does, what does this mean, does this mean you yeah. don't see things in nuance, does this mean that, you know, everything is essentially just a, a copy version of something else that we yeah. see like what's right. the message here yeah so I, I i started really kind of thinking about that and trying to connect it with meg ryan who sure, i mean it's a clear yeah. and intentional choice especially Absolutely. since because this
0: is the very scene where we see the first meg, uh, repeat of, of Meg, meg, meg ryan, right, right. Yeah. It's, right it's right before it's that right yeah. there yeah. and
2: you know the fact that he says twice you know twice in the movie i felt like i've seen you before yes. right. and yeah I, you know i started really thinking time is
1: a flat circle yeah it yeah. could <laughs> It could also be speaking about the uniformity of everybody but Joe who's breaking out of this. and sure. sure. That's a wonderful detail. That's amazing. Good job, Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I just noticed it for the first time last night. I, I,
0: I was... It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah, Joe flies to LA where he meets Angelica Grainamore, who's a Flippity Gibbet. Flippity Gibbet. <laughs> yes. I, I love that so much. I, I wrote that in my I own. do. You, I'm a Flippity More people
2: should just identify <laughs> I Identify as a Flippity Gibbet because that would just make your life so much easier. If you, I, know, you don't like to, I'm a Flippity Gibbet, then you're just like, okay. And you know that things are going to happen as a result of that.
1: But this character is fantastic. Fantastic. I love. Oh I have no clue what voice or accent Meg Ryan is no idea. doing, but I love it <laughs> I love so it. much. I love it. Yeah. She feels so much like a 40s or 50s screwball comedy character. It's yeah, crazy. well so did her first her first
0: character was clearly like a, a screwball secretary. Yes. Oh no, what if I don't get the work on time? Oh, Mr. J will be mad at me. You but,
1: know, but this is yeah this she, is so fantastic her little movements her little little poses she'll strike yeah. and she also is the source of your favorite line in no the resp- movie
2: I have I have no response to that Oh my I God. love it I love it so there are so many times in, so in regular good. conversations yeah. where people have said things to me and I I just wanted to say I have no response to that. Right, yeah, you know, yeah. But I know that that's not acceptable. Of course, and yeah. They yeah. probably would be offended or confused, rightfully so. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. isn't that just the truest thing ever? It Sometimes is. Sometimes somebody says something to you and you just want to say, I have no response to that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to yeah. put the mental effort or energy in to try to come up with something appropriate to say to you. Yeah. I have no response to that.
0: Her character is... Uh, a similar character to Joe in a lot of ways is Joe. Is a character who the film continually impresses upon us as free. He's free of things. He's dressing different. Even the fact that he's dressing differently Once than the people in the airport, you start to see uh, a difference. He's for he's, sure. he's he's a very free person. He's 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 untethered to the reality we all have to face. What was what's this character's name again? Angelica. Angelica. She's the only Meg Ryan character I didn't write the name down for for some reason, but uh, Angelica is very tethered to her own position. She's in a position she doesn't like, she has to work for her father, who she does not agree with, and she is stuck in that position by her own fear. But because of that, she is so depressed that instead of allowing herself like Dee uh, Dee and Joe before her to be to just become these crushed little maggots sitting at their desks, sort of clicking away, she has m- turned this into this laissez faire attitude of I don't
1: care about anything. But she has her an art she's... as
2: an outlet. She has an yes. outlet. Yeah. She does have an outlet. She's a painter and a poet.
1: Yes. Again, wonderful little details that just mm-hmm. build up the character and tell us so much.
0: Yeah. And because of that, she doesn't she doesn't need to worry about offending anybody. If she if, if she doesn't want to say something, I have no response to that. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's done with the conversation. It's so it's honest. Now. It's yeah. so
2: <laughs> honest. Right it's beautiful they it's they,
0: they look at They're they're in a restaurant there's this great moment they're sitting in the restaurant where the first I don't have a response to that happens yes and there's this wonderful lighting where everything in the apartment is kind of dark except for just Meg Ryan's face which is glowing mm. with light shining off of her there's there's uh, later on in the movie, there's symbolism relating Meg Ryan's character at that point in the film to the moon. Mm-hmm. The moon does not have light of
2: its own. Right, well, and off. he gives Dee Dee the lamp when he leaves the office, too. Right. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's I, right. I think you're forgot gonna, about that. You're going to, you know, you might need this or whatever he says. He gives her the lamp.
0: Yeah, and then so he, he she look, points over at a painting in the corner, which is one of hers. It's like a comic book panel. Yeah, it's sort of like thing. a pop art thing. He looks at it and, and uh, asks, how'd you come up with it or something like that? And she says... You gotta understand about art; it, it comes, comes from, from someplace. someplace, and then we literally go into the painting and discover where it's from. Yep. They're suddenly in the They're car at
1: a scenic overlook. Yep, and this is where Angelica is talking about her depression, yes. about how she feels like she doesn't have any control, that her right. father controls her life.
0: And I love she says, "I want to, I want to di- die, I want to kill myself," and Joe's answer for why she should not caught me off guard. Like usually there is, usually when someone says, you shouldn't die, you have so much to live for, or, which he does kind of say later, anybody he, he, but at first his answer is, or suicide is wrong, but instead he says, well, that's gonna take care of itself. You're gonna die anyway. <laughs> like that's why you're, that's not your job. No, that's, that's not that's, up to you, that's, some that, things aren't up to you. Some things aren't up to you. That's, yep. that's just the way that nature yep. is, we all end. So there's no point in ending prematurely.
2: And then they have that conversation where they talk about taking the leap and doing yes. the thing, taking the leap. You know, that's not <laughs> yeah. um, doing the thing that you're afraid of doing. Yeah, yeah. And she says when she's truly upset in that, you know, when she really breaks down, and she says, "This is the kind of conversation where it doesn't cost you anything." Yeah. And I love, I that, love that line that's so a great much. Line. And she, she does such a beautiful job when she, she does. delivers that because you understand that. That's also something you feel. You've been in situations where oh, yeah. you realize, you know. Sure, yeah. it doesn't cost you anything. Yes, and-
1: this is easy for you.
0: Yeah, it's even it's even apropos in that moment because not only does he not have to take the same risks that she has to, mm-hmm. but nothing that he does right now is a risk under the assumption that he's, he's going, going to, to die. die. Exactly, right. because all of the consequences that could come from any of his actions or any of her actions to him don't exist. Like sure, by, the he's any of, by the time by the time any of them come back, he's gone.
2: There's the morning. Then the next morning, they get together and um, the. Just the loneliness and the yearning of that night—the night when he's alone after mm, he yeah. she offers to come up—and he, and says, he no, says no, no, thank you. no, yeah. And the next morning, she does that painting that's much less poppy, yeah. You yeah. know that beautiful kind of moon painting, oh, yeah. And then she um, she actually describes what she describes herself, I believe it is, as grotesque, and it makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> <laughs> she says it so lightly, yeah. You know? And it's it's just as she wonderful.
1: says most of the things she says. even yeah. when she's being, well, and that's
2: when she says, "Why are you why are you dress like Jungle Jim?" <laughs> yeah. yeah,
3: that's
2: that's great.
1: So now they go to the dock. Yes. Okay, they go to the dock where they meet Pat- Patricia, Patricia. Grainamore. yes, uh, Angelica's half sister. And the last Meg Ryan role in the movie. Angelica's And
0: the most Meg Ryan role. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's not doing herself. a
1: voice. Yeah. She's not wearing a wig. This is this um, is Meg
0: Ryan being Meg Ryan as you're used to
1: seeing her. So sort of by default, this is the least interesting incarnation of Meg Ryan
3: Agreed.
0: in this sure.
1: movie. She still does a fantastic yes. job. Oh yeah. But she's she was a, a
0: star for a reason. She is
1: super charming. Yes, she, she is. is. They set sail. Wait, mm-hmm.
2: she calls him Felix. I love when she. Oh, crying. she yes. She insists on calling him Felix, which it means lucky, which is a funny thing to call somebody. Well, I yeah. almost? That was one of my shortlisted names for Flynn, but it uh, got I, it got vetoed. I would have <laughs> gone with Felix. Um, yeah, they didn't like Felix, um, but mm-hmm. she calls him Felix, and that's when she says that outfit's wearing you. I say that all the time. <laughs> I, say, I do. I, well, that's I've a said great that to line. People. Yeah, that's a that outfit's line. wearing you, Felix. Yeah.
1: yeah. Joe eventually throws his goofy hat. Into but he the thinks ocean. about it.
2: He hesitates. Yes. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's the that's He doesn't know if he's moment. going to
1: end up in Australia and he needs to yeah. pretend to be crocodile. <laughs> well, I think D. it was
2: really expensive.
1: Oh, I'm sure. You know, yeah. but
2: it's not his money. It's it's true, but it's hard not to... You can't. You don't just let that go with, yeah, with somebody flipping a switch. That's something that's so ingrained right. in us to consider the that sort of right. value. Very
1: of true. And obviously... It's hard to remember that money isn't real. Yes. And yeah. obviously <laughs> Joe <laughs> thinks the hat is cool. <laughs> Otherwise he wouldn't have bought it.
0: Okay. But he also thought that mullet
1: was cool, so... true. <laughs> I'm not saying Joe has good taste. <laughs> Who is? Um, at yacht dinner, mm-hmm. we learn that Patricia doesn't like or trust or even work for her father. Yep. She's doing this so she can get the yacht as payment. And the yacht is called the Tweedledee, Yes, which goes back to the whole thing of doubles. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, presumably, yes. there's
1: a Tweedledum somewhere.
2: Yeah, she mentions yeah, no, it. No, like. she
1: says oh, okay. he has another boat called, called Tweedledum. the Tweedledum. Yeah.
0: And he has a third book called Tweedle Dumb Her, but it doesn't get out
1: much because, you know.
2: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> we get a little scene set to good lovin' by the young rascals.
2: I like the part way before that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> when she talks, she has that moment when she's talking to him and yeah. she says, she acknowledges that she knows that she has a price because he named it. Yeah, mm-hmm. she,
0: she promised she would never work for her father and yeah. now she is working for her father. And it's good because up to that point, I was like, "Okay, so this is the most Meg Ryan part." So immediately, my brain was like, "Okay, so this is the one he ends up with."
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But when there's when she immediately is antagonistic to him, and they yes. have that dinner, I was like, "Oh no, are we going to do that rom com thing where they hate each other and then they end right. up liking each other?" But then when immediately after that dinner, she comes up to him and is like, "Okay," um,
2: she turns off the light. She's more honest in the dark. Yes, she yeah, yeah. that's
0: right. She does. She turns off the the light and. Uh, and then yeah, and she, she
2: goes to that big explanation. She goes about, into that, yeah, and she says she's soul sick.
0: And she says that she's soul, soul sick, and she's mm-hmm. and she's sold out. And I wrote just like Joe was mm-hmm. exactly, uh, and it's it's I love that because it completely removed that element from the movie yes. entirely, mm-hmm. and they just get to get to know each other as people yes. from that point on. That, to deal with that cliche. Yes.
1: That is a great thing. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're 100 percent right that they nip that in the bud right away then we get probably my least favorite scene oh really the fishing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the fishing's weird, but it's, I saw I this movie the for the first time when I was like 11. Yeah. So it was like the it was the right combo at the time, you know.
1: It well, I felt the scene. I
2: like him. His it's his it's classic Tom Hanks physicality. His, his physical
1: he, comedy is he, great. You know,
2: yeah. Trying to um, get the la- hook the larger, well, it's not actually a regular fish. But yeah. It turns
1: out to be a hammerhead shark. He yeah. accidentally fishes a hammerhead shark. Yeah. At and somewhere. the creature effect of this hammerhead shark is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I I really <laughs> the enjoy... the entire it. head
2: it's moves it almost
1: looks like it's trying to scream.
2: Yeah. Um, It's not good. No, it's not. um, But again, when I was 11. Yeah, it's (laughs)
1: it's great. I love this scene. But this scene scene felt like a holdover from like a much worse movie from the 80s. Then we get a nice scene where Joe and Patricia lay out on the deck of the Tweedledee and Mm. Joe finally explains, he was supposed to keep this all secret but he finally explains about the brain cloud well, and before the we island. get to that I just sorry there's a co- couple of bits of dialogue that
0: I really like in this mm-hmm. scene Joe says that he has no interest in himself he bores himself yes which i thought was that
1: really resonated with me yeah
0: and yeah. he, he said that life is unbelievable Meg Ryan says that something her father says is that there are only a few people who are the whole world really is asleep awake. yep and the people who are awake are always amazed
2: constant a state of con- Constant total amazement.
0: That's right. Yeah, you get better notes than me, but I, I just I, I thought that those lines were, were very nice and poetic and and
1: sweet. Yes, there's a yeah. lot of great writing. It's
0: John Patrick Shanley should really keep doing on this writings. Story. Yeah,
2: I, I really no, I, I noted that scene too because yeah. when she's talking about that, it was so beautiful. It made me think of honestly when I was teaching like Self Reliance and Thoreau and mm-hmm. the idea that you know many people are sort of asleep, and right. the Hobgoblin is the consistency, a foolish consistency of little minds. And I'd say there's
1: a lot of transcendentalism in this. <laughs> uh, it, I, it really
2: did make me no think way, of I'm, that. I'm no, not joking. I'm
1: yeah. not joking about it. Like like it's, it's,
0: it's, it's, it we've, we've talked about quite a few nihilistic movies on the podcast so far. Yes. So this, was a, this was a huge change of pace yes. to going from a
1: the world is nothing to the world is spectacular. Uh, not too long ago we talked about, are you familiar with the film Antichrist? No. Okay. Don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, you would not enjoy it. Yeah. No. Very bleak, very nihilistic film. Yeah. Uh, so this was a nice change of pace. This was a very nice change um, of pace. But once again, poor Joe Banks tells a lady love. Yeah. About his old brain cloud. Yeah. And they run off. You know. Well, she gives him more time than Dee Dee
0: did. Yeah. She stays there, yeah. and he's like, "Do you have any?" I think he even said, "Do you have any response to that or something like <laughs> that?" And she says, "No." You said you're dying and my mind's a blank. (laughs) (laughs) Which is
2: uh, probably the most
0: most Meg Ryan delivery of the entire movie. My mind's a blank. And then she's like, good night. And walks (laughs) off. Also, uh, I I don't remember when I noticed this, but the ship captain is Bunny from Pulp Fiction. Uh, Amanda Plummer. Yeah. Yes. And she was... Dagmar. Dagmar, yeah. And another one I forgot to mention, earlier on when they were doing the shopping montage... Uh, is Carol Kane. She agreed to do an uncredited cameo for no money as long as they let her keep the wig she was wearing in the scene. Oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) Which is such a Carol Kane move. Yes. (laughs) That's wonderful. (laughs) But anyway, uh, just wanted to get those out there.
1: Then we get probably uh, my favorite sequence. Mm -hmm. The next day, Mm -hmm. the yacht has entered a green fog and oh, everything we see is tinted so green. Uh, Greek this, myth. This reminded me a lot of how I just watched a Czech film um,
3: <laughs> called
1: The Fabulous Baron Munchausen, where all the coloring in the movie is done by sort of, I don't know if they just overlaid a gel on the camera sure. or painted the the cells, but most of the movie does their color effects like this, where it's just sort of this Matte green over everything. Yeah, it's so wonderful. Yeah, and this is when this is when the film, this is the stuff that I like most about the film is the style, the strangeness.
0: Yeah, and I wrote down this is why I hate the Dogma 95 movements because they never have anything glow green.
1: No, yeah, they don't. And very quickly a typhoon begins to hammer the yacht, and as everybody's scrambling to keep the ship safe. Joe and Patricia fall in love. The, the, they have a nice little kiss. It's
2: beautiful. It is.
1: I'm be- <laughs> like, I, am,
3: I'm not, I am not
2: a hopeless romantic. I'm really not. I but know. it's so the music when he kisses her yes, yes. is such it's such a beautiful moment. And then but this movie never hangs on to that for no. more than a few moments. It no. gives you that, and you think, oh God, it's gonna sink into this tripe. But it doesn't, because then the mask comes yeah. along and cracks her the alongside boom. the head, yeah. yeah yep, the the boom, boom, sorry. And yeah. there We're she is very in the water.
1: strict about sailing and nautical terms. <laughs> <turns laughs> my fault,
2: my fault. <laughs> but the lightning bolt. The lightning bolt is also the same shape.
1: Yes. Oh my goodness. From
2: the pa- that's the path, the thing in the wall. So it seems
1: to the- always be associated with destruction and a monumental change in, 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 in Joe's in, life. In imprisonment. Yes. Yeah. Quick boom PSA. Yes. Booms are the second leading cause of death in the world of sailboating.
0: I'm not surprised. I believe it. Yeah.
1: We can only assume that the first is like sea madness. (laughs) <laughs> or like some sort of... Uh, water, water everywhere, not a drop to Exactly. Drink. Have
0: you ever seen the movie Muppet Treasure Island? Yes. In the scene where everyone gets cabin fever and they do a, a <laughs> musical number, that's one of the only movies that really shows the real impact of cabin fever. Yeah. Yeah. And every time you get cabin fever, you have to do a giant elaborate musical number. More dancers, sailors, fall off of ships from not having enough dancing experience. Yes. And, and, and it's not ever
1: reported. The British Navy now requires at least five years of tap or modern.
0: Right, exactly. In this PSA, I will, never mind.
1: Joe jumps in after Patricia. He finds Mm -hmm. her, but the ship is struck by lightning and cracks in half. And the crew goes mostly unmourned.
2: There's a moment. There's There's, a moment. She asks about Dagmar and the boys. Yes. yes, And then
1: it's like, oh, well, sorry, Amanda Plummer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Amanda Plummer does have a good have a really good going out scene though where she's down in the engine and she's like I I need to stay here take care of her
1: for me mm-hmm. and she, he goes up to take um, care of her
2: he, she really seems to love do you get that vibe oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely.
1: She, absolutely I got a lot of uh, the same vibes from her that I got from Willem Dafoe in The Life Aquatic well, luckily Joe's luggage is watertight exactly and Joe lashes that salesman
0: didn't lie no, to that's him no I was so second. excited about the trunks
1: yes yes <laughs> Validation. Uh, validation joe joe puts patricia on top of one of them in a bit that james cameron 100 stole from <laughs> titanic.
0: i was gonna say because like sure. it's, it's it's like such an exact match yeah. for their <laughs> positions in titanic why he's, did I, no
2: he, one on the titanic have he's one even, of these trunks
1: exactly exactly well the technology wasn't there yet uh, they didn't know they didn't
0: go to a proper luggage Detective. Clearly. To solve their luggage
1: problem. Steamer trunks like this at the time of the Titanic would only be seen in Jules Verne novels. Okay. That's fair. (laughs) Or the work of H.G. Wells. I will say,
0: going to uh, an island out in the middle of nowhere to find a strange element, a very Jules Verne plot.
1: Yes. Yeah. Also a very James Cameron plot, as we (laughs) mentioned before. James Cameron, 100% thief. James Cameron, yeah.
0: On top of Fern Gully and *Pocahontas*, he also stole from *Joe vs the Volcano* literally. Oh, and also from uh, Harlan Ellison. Yes. Yeah. Actually, James Cameron is horrible. Yeah, no, he,
1: <laughs> is, he sucks. Joe lashes his four trunks together to form a super trunk, his very own little con Tiki, which now <laughs> sails the waves. Uh, he gets a transistor radio playing. I guess there's a radio station run by fish uh, yeah, in the ocean. I, yeah, I thought about.
2: Yeah, that. Yeah, no,
1: this is where the moment <coughs> movie really breaks your suspension of disbelief. <laughs> no, I was. Watching, How is this man getting a radio? Spell? I was watching it, and I was, I was,
0: I was thinking about another Tom Hanks movie I haven't seen, Castaway. I was. I wrote down uh, how can the same smeg happen to the same guy twice, which is a line from <laughs> red, red dwarf.
2: You know how different it is because he shaves yeah. while he's. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You see he's all of, the all of his You see all the things that he bought in that yeah. montage. Yeah,
0: he a uh, mini
2: golf course yep, the, golf the, ball, yep. <laughs> yeah. and the And he's he's shaving out there. You yeah. Know? It's it, but he doesn't
0: drink any water.
2: No, he, it's still gives he gives it But he it dances. He loves the dance. He does a
1: goofy Tom Hanks dance. The dance is like a Lane levels of awkward.
2: It's yeah, wonderful, it's, but it's but it's It's Tom the Hanks? goofy Tom Hanks yes, dance.
1: Right, it. Yes, yeah, of course. He like patented it. Um,
3: <laughs> he patented it.
1: And For real. at night, yeah, no, this is if you ever see Tom Hanks yeah, dance, yeah, it's yeah. gonna be that goofy thing, yeah. right? Um, at night, he plays his ukulele and sings a wonderful song that I need to find on YouTube so I yeah. can get it. Mm-hmm. And it's weird that Tom Hanks is singing and playing a ukulele because YouTube didn't exist this time. So mm. why is he doing it?
2: I mean, Wasn't well, often... that song written for the movie?
1: I'm sure. It doesn't sound like I a... I think it was written know. for the
2: movie, as was the song that the lamp plays that goes throughout the movie. I think mm. I read that. that the well, the Logan lamp goes definitely
1: water. is because
0: that's a light motif. Every, the, the, the lamp plays it first, and then every time... Sure. That becomes his theme music throughout the Right, that's like something movie. about
2: Maroon. That song is Even like Maroon when he, with You or something. I
0: first yeah. noticed it when he goes into the doctor's office in the very beginning, they play a, like a funeral version of it. Mm-hmm. Yep,
2: it's so throughout hmm. the movie. It's yeah. throughout the movie. But I think the cowboy... I think I read that the cowboy song was also written
1: for the movie i'm i'm positive it's a great great song and a few nights later we get the only part that i remembered from when i watched this way back when Mm -hmm. joe's not doing well he's shaking he's terribly sunburned at night a giant giant moon rises above the horizon joe is moved and he offers this prayer dear god whose name i do not know thank you for my life i forgot how big Thank you for my life. Wonderful. Beautiful. Beautiful words. Absolutely beautiful. And this imagery of the moon being so huge. And now he has this light. Now he has this light. Even though Meg Ryan has passed out. Yeah. She's still there. He has this purpose. It's wonderful.
0: Just before that scene also there's another moment where he sees... The constellations, constellations come out of the sky towards him. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Joe passes out to be awakened by Patricia, who's conveniently—they're trading off yes. on the passing out yes. shifts. Yes. Thank goodness. Um, here's where she asks what happened to the crew, yes. yeah. and is mostly unmoved. <laughs> probably got this callousness from her father.
2: We don't have time in the movie at this point for her to get into this. Like, right. So much of the movie has gone by. We have not gotten to woo. We have True. not seen the volcano.
0: Little known fact, this movie was originally supposed to be a trilogy of films. And they had to cut <laughs> it down significantly. <laughs>
1: significantly.
0: Um, originally, the second movie was going to be an entire... Just them mourning. Constantly. It was going to be
1: from the volcano's perspective. Volcano versus Joe. It was very, it was like a Warhol film where they just <laughs> set the camera on the volcano for 14 hours. It turns out that they floated near Waponi Woo
3: mm-hmm. and
1: the locals rush out to greet them. Two great details about the Waponis, which I love. Earlier, we are told that they love orange soda. Yes. And this is used wonderfully by the production design team. Uh, the costumes, the props that the yeah. Ponies use are all parts of orange soda cans.
0: We made mention of this, of the production design throughout this entire review. John Patrick Shanley reportedly spent four months on production design before he ever got started making the movie. I believe it. Yeah, because he wanted to make sure that the visual language was exactly what he wanted before going into the film.
1: And here's where, like I said, they spent all their budget on this last 20 minutes or so, and it looks fantastic. The, the screen is populated with all these tribes people. The second thing is that we're also told that the Waponis are made up of this very unique genetic mix yeah. that also includes uh, Jewish people. Right. So as the Waponis are coming to greet them, we hear like a tribal island version of Hava Nagila.
0: And the main town crier, I guess, the one who's yes. yelling is, is, is Nathan, Nathan Lane. Lane.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: They're getting all the heavy hitters. <laughs> They're getting all the heavy hitters. Could you, if you were going somewhere to die. Sure. If spring when your children eventually take you to the glue factory. <laughs> who would you want to greet you other than Nathan Lane? Like if you're going right. to your impending doom... You're gonna want that positive energy.
3: Sure.
0: Yeah. Sure. I mean, I don't I usually think of Nathan Lane as being sort of neurotic energy, but
1: in this movie he was He's v- very positive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but just his enthusiasm for everything he does, <laughs> even if it's even when it's frustrating him. Right, that's true. Uh, and then they're meeted, then they're met by the second best person who could possibly greet you on your way to death.
2: <laughs> A Bagoda.
1: A Bagoda. Fish himself. But old. I love
2: that accent as soon as they say, are you? joe like you <laughs> expect there to be some sort of like some right. other kind of accent, yes. but yeah are you joe you yes. expect
0: them to go full tarzan but instead so, they, that, yeah. they 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 managed to uh just as the speech that uh joe makes earlier in the movie just barely avoids being sexist this scene just barely avoids being incredibly racist yes <laughs> this could have been
1: just skirts around it this could have been something that did not age well yeah Thankfully, because of this unique genetic makeup that we're told about earlier, which includes (laughs) not just Pacific Islanders, but Jewish people, Druids, and somebody else. There were four different groups. Yeah. Um, It's
0: it's supposed to be intentionally absurd. Yeah. So 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 you don't don't take it too seriously.
1: No one's really putting brown face. They have uh, tribal makeup on, but that's...
0: And Abe Vigoda long ago turned into leather, so
1: yes, you know, yes. He's, he looks he looks like Abe Vigoda. And Abe Vigoda is so great in all his line deliveries. Everything's very short yes. to the point, matter of fact.
2: Yeah, he's
1: absolutely he's he's his best Abe Vigoda self in this yes. movie. Joe and Patricia are pampered and made over. Well,
2: before that is when he has the. the- physical oh, he has, of his soul yeah, that uh, comes back again, and Joe just says, "Hope you don't lose it."
1: Yeah, <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> but okay, this this bugged me.
0: Patricia is just visiting; she is pampered. Yes. Yeah. Joe is going to die. He's their hero. He's not pampered. No, he's they getting just
2: beaten sl- by they fish. They start slapping him with fish. <laughs> they have <laughs> the banana sm- in his face. That's not a hero. The guy welcome. bites his toes. <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: that's not <laughs> um, a hero. Like, oh, welcome.
2: But she's being like. Tickled with yeah. flowers. Yeah. And
0: no, she's having a lovely Meg Ryan time. But I agree this with you. This is why he put her out of business and you got mail. Yeah. It was revenge for this.
2: Sure. Remember when
1: we were on that island? <laughs> I wish
2: that was a scene the movie. It would be so much better if it
1: was. He comes into our shop, locks his door, is like, you don't remember me, do you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've seen you before.
0: <laughs>
1: and I remembered this
0: time. Yeah. You won't get away with it, Dee Dee, Patricia, whatever you are.
1: All right, friendo. I'm gonna flip a coin, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree, agree with, with you. Over
0: loss on a toy, co- coin toss?
1: I agree with you that this is no way to treat your savior. Yeah, much like the mockery that Jesus Christ endured. <laughs> Again, it's at
0: least then the Romans and the Jews did not know that he was their savior. Like they were like this this guy, we don't like this guy. True, he's true. Been, he's You're been right. S- he's been spinning some hot garbage.
1: You're right. Yeah, Jesus should have had a street team to get the word out. Um. <laughs> That's what the disciples
0: were
2: for.
1: Well, then I guess they didn't have an excuse.
2: So, yes, no. He yes. gets very abused while she gets pampered. And then we Which, get the I, ceremony where the people literally run into the gong.
1: Yes, I love that bit. <laughs> that uh, was great. Ava is about to talk. And two people swing on vines into giant gongs. And <laughs> then are carried away on stretchers. Yeah,
2: they have the stretchers ready. That's my favorite that's, yes. That's my, this is not the first time this has happened. That
0: is my favorite deleted scene from Midsommar.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Toby Chief, Abe Vagoda, rants about how none of his people will sacrifice themselves for the rest of the island. Now that they have orange soda, they have something to live for and therefore do not want
2: to sacrifice yeah. themselves for each other.
1: Joe is... But Joe has the courage. Joe is going to do something great. Yep.
2: I'm my only hope for a hero.
1: Yep. Oh, man. It's like a Bonnie Tyler song. <laughs> uh Joe is taken up to the volcano, and as we mm-hmm. said, the meandering path resembles the zigzag path that led to Joe's job. Yeah, uh, The chief is still matter-of-fact and blasé.
0: He's wearing a... Uh, Joe's wearing his tuxedo, mm-hmm. which I think was fantastic. That's yeah. absolutely what I would wear well, to jump into a
1: volcano.
2: Sure.
0: If you're gonna meet I a fire. Would, well, what I would, did you buy it for? I would, like... I would wear a full cape, because it would look so cool on my way down, <laughs> just yeah, fluttering yeah. in the breeze. But yeah.
1: I would dress like fire to confuse the volcano. <laughs> oh, it's just the regular fire. We don't need to hurt him.
0: You would wear one of...
1: Guy Fieri? Yeah, you'd wear one of Guy Fieri's shirts. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. Guy Fieri versus the Onion Volcano.
0: <laughs> so he's he's about to, to head up to the volcano, but Patricia says, Hey, 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 I love this guy. Yeah. And he says, I love you, too. What but the time. I'm staying. i
3: not
2: <laughs> It's great. It's so simple. That's what I love. Like, it could go over the edge and get really savvy yeah, and gooey, but he does. He's just like, nope, the time nope, I got I, yeah, go. I love
1: you too, but brain cloud, got to jump in. And there's a great part where Patricia and Joe very quickly get married by Toby Chief. But yeah. he
2: hesitates, and she's like, you can't you make can't a commitment commit and, for 30 seconds. You can't love and cherish me for
1: 30 more seconds. <laughs> it's like a And It's like, okay, sure,
2: yeah. Um, it's so practical.
1: Yeah. Uh, and Toby Chief says, do you want to get married? Yeah. Do you wanna get married? Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they kiss and he's like, I'm going back down. Patricia insists that she's going to jump with him and they both give nice little speeches. Gotta yeah.
2: be brave, gotta jump in.
1: Exactly. And yeah. here's where again Joe says that feels like he's seen her before from yep. the first moment they met. Yeah, yep. she
2: said, he said no, she says, We'll take the leap and we'll see. We'll that's see life. What- Yep. We'll take mm-hmm. the leap and we'll see if that's life. Yep. And then he says, a long time coming, it's been a long time coming on a crooked road, and mm-hmm. that's where I was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. yeah. And that's the felt like I'd seen you before, and then she gives him the clenched hand, like Dee Dee did earlier, yeah. only she opens it to hold his hand before they jump in.
0: She is, it's, it's, there was someone I heard talk about this movie before we watched it, like this is ages ago, so I don't remember most of what they said, and I didn't remember anything that happened in the story, but they said that their interpretation of Meg Ryan is that, uh, the universe or God or, or whoever keeps giving Joe a chance over and over mm-hmm. to to find happiness. and that's why she's played by the same person. She's three different chances for him over the time ta- over the course of it to, to find something to live for. Mm-hmm. And in the end, yeah, she opens the hand because he's finally he's finally found it and she accepts him, finally accepts him and
1: he finally accepts her. Yeah. So yeah, they're going to jump in and see what happens. Yep, the they say, where are we leads
0: where are we, what are we, to the leap. What are we hoping for here? A hoping miracle? for a miracle. Yeah. Yep.
1: Which happens yes. when they jump in a plume of steam instead of melting the flesh oh. off their bones.
2: Okay, all right.
1: <laughs> that's what would happen. Again,
2: you've bought into it this far. <laughs> I know, but I'm
1: just to, saying... They like, have
2: to get out of this somehow, Brad. Well, the, the movie would, would kind of be a downer if they, they jumped in and melted. To,
1: well, they would do it together, and
0: Another? that's what's important. Uh, I almost kind of expected for them to say we'll leap and see what happens. They would leap. We would see them falling in slow motion and then it would cut to credits. And and it would be up to you. If you really wanted them to survive, you could imagine that ending. But uh, instead they decided nope, they're just going to be shot out of there by a volcano. Yep,
1: and it throws them into the ocean. And of course because Joe didn't jump in, the island sinks into the ocean and once again the loss of life is not acknowledged. now here's the question
2: no they say something
1: yeah they say something they're not like <laughs> oh my god an entire culture yeah was no just i destroyed. showed i
2: showed cooper this movie about a month ago and yeah. he was very upset about abegoda yeah, like, right just Yeah, just like well, who what about the chief what about the little ponies, mom and i was like maybe they're okay I just, <laughs>
0: just, well here's just, the question just
2: focus on what we're seeing here's it's-
0: the question did the curse of the orange soda damn the what, what? are they called? The Wapoopies? The, the Waponies. Waponies. The, Wapu, the Waponi. Did the damn the Waponies. What is it that one of the one of the uh, the island's worshippers has to be the one, and them trying to get Joe to do it is a uh, on uh, on their part is such an underhanded move well, and not is... in the spirit of their religion sure, sure. that it was a false sacrifice. So the god inside the volcano literally throws them back out.
2: Or you know, is the lack of courage just certain death?
0: Yeah, Right. So that's a good point. Is it possible that they deserved their deaths and... Never mind. Well,
2: when <laughs> Joe was living without courage, hold on, hold he was le- leading a, a, a living death, right? True, very true. So it's not really until you embrace the, the oh, that's another and Maybe the
0: leap. Maybe his life is not a fitting sacrifice because he doesn't have one.
1: But he does because the brain cloud's not real. That's true,
0: but he only realizes that after...
1: I don't mm. like this volcano we've created. That is judge, jury, and executioner.
0: Well, it all, should Brad, just be Executioner. There's already an <laughs> eldritch god living inside the volcano. Yeah, I mean, it's,
2: it's not the volcano; it's the fire god. Right, Brad.
0: <laughs> it's a symbiotic relationship, presumably. <laughs> I wonder if, if again, if, if if we're going with the the interpretation of the film that I've been going on so far, as this is like a uh, anti-capitalist night, an anti-capitalist creed. As an anti-capitalist creed, what if the orange soda, ha, 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 as a product of Western capitalist marketing, has infected them with the greed of this thing and has caused them to not have any real bravery, which is what uh, Joe, who is untethered to the life of capitalism, has given him. Has
2: well, they also they. mention about early
0: destruction as capitalism will inevitably lead to ours sorry sure no not at
2: all um (laughs) they mentioned earlier how they have no sense of direction and then there's this crooked path bit you know Mm -hmm, it's been a long time coming on a crooked path so they have no direction they find no direction whereas joe has followed the path as crooked as it may be to decide that he needed to leap they they don't even have any path to follow i uh,
1: part of what i love about doing this show is most of the time, as we talk about movies, I love them more. And that has yeah. definitely been my experience hearing your all your observations, why you love it. Same with you. Yeah. Uh, this episode more than any other so far. Really? Yeah. Oh. The steamer trunk surface. <laughs> and Joe-
2: because they're more tight! Yeah, it is! <laughs> it is a triumphant <laughs> the moment. The way they pop up. They yep. so
0: wonderful. Which means that the entire... In- <laughs> which means... You're just you're Abe Vagoda or Nathan Lane sitting there and the water's like coming up and you just see the pack the, the luggage just sort of like floating up <laughs> as you can. I just like to imagine Abe Vagoda looking at this like you don't see that every day. He you like, would like to
1: imagine Abe Vagoda <laughs> and Nathan Lane slowly drowning.
2: <laughs> I knew that's this like <laughs> one of
1: your top ten fantasies? <laughs> Definitely. Okay. It's normal, yeah. It's normal. It's, it's yeah. No. I think everyone's thought about
0: Abe Bogota drowning with Nathan Lane sure. at least once in their life.
1: For me, it's Alan Alda <laughs> and Peter Falk dying of CO two poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> what is your celebrity death fantasy? Spring? <laughs> when you're having a long dark night of the soul, like who do you just like? <laughs> Actually, when you're, no. When you're having a good soak in the bath. You got a bath bomb. You got candles lit. Who? What celebrities are you imagining dying? <laughs> My true. My actual celebrity death fantasy. It's not even necessarily. It's not. Well, hold on. Hold on. It's not necessarily a death. But it's Josh Gad getting hit by a smart car. No, it's funny. It's a funny image.
2: Okay.
3: Anyway, let's bring it on home. Bring it on
0: home. You all right? Yep.
1: (laughs)
3: Uh,
1: As Joe is telling Patricia about the brain, brain cloud...
2: The music. The music is so good. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, it gets so serious. It's it oh, yeah. this brain cloud. Of, yeah. The whole, everything changes.
1: We find out that Dr. Robert Stack is Patricia's father's doctor. He, she says he owns him. He has no other patients. It was all a setup. It was a long con so that he could get this uh, mineral.
2: But you don't you love that she criticizes him first for not getting a second exactly, opinion? Exactly. Yeah, you, <laughs> you didn't get, get a second opinion a sec- for something like a brain cloud, which is
1: fantastic because Robert Stack is even like, you might want to get a second Taking opinion. A peaking, and, he's yeah. like, and he never does. And so you think it's a throwaway line because yeah, you know, doctor would say that, sure, right? Sure. But they were so convinced of Joe's just like. Hypochondria, sure. and we so buy say.
0: into the world at that point that even we, as an as an
1: audience, right. are like, no, no. I mean, he has the break. Well, he, he wanted an answer, Robert and he Stacks, was given an
2: answer. So that's it. Yeah, exactly. Robert Stack said it. It's also yes. using. Exactly.
1: It's also using our expected efficiency from movies, where it's like, of course, he's not going to get a second opinion. No one in a movie ever gets a second opinion, so it doesn't matter that he doesn't. Right. Right.
2: I love also that she criticized. You think they would have come up with something better than <laughs> something a brain cloud?
1: Brain and, cloud and, yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, making <laughs> no Joe seriously, no.
0: yeah, yeah, whole, yeah. Uh, but th- and then and but yeah. So in the end, this was all a capitalist ruse. This was yes. all him. Like in the end. When you treat people like commodities, you treat you own their life and death in your hand,
1: and, and that's what they tried to do to Joe, but he so, got away. So now Joe has his whole life ahead so of
2: Her him. life is ahead of you.
1: And even though they're adrift on the ocean, they stay positive under the big, big moon, mm-hmm. and Patricia wonders where, where they'll end up, and Joe says, possibly my favorite line, Hell, away from the things of man, my love away from the things of man.
2: She says it earlier on the on Oh, the does she? Yeah, yeah she's, oh, okay. she he, says, asks,
1: he
0: asks her, why do you want a yacht? And
2: she said, yeah, yeah, she says, you know, where to, would you go? And she says, away from the things of man. And yes. then he repeats it back to her. Away from the things uh, of man. man. Yeah.
0: The and things that we spend money on, capitalism. And
1: we're told that they live happily ever after. And that's Joe versus the volcano. Yes. Uh, Spring, is there anything else you'd like to add?
2: I just, I love the levity at the end of it you know, just how it all looked so bleak and now they're on the luggage and yeah. you know, and he says, I'm saved and then he looks upset and she says, What is it now? And he says, Well we're kind of, you know We're still adrift yeah. in the and ocean. She says it's always gonna be something with you. <laughs> 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 I just thought that was such a lovely little encapsulation of their relationship going forward, you know. Yeah. Because we are told that they're gonna live happily ever after, yeah. which I I love. I, I do. I do. It's, I don't always, you know, so much, so many things are so negative exactly. or up for interpretation. And while it is left open, they they tell you that it's happily ever after. Yes. I, yeah. You know, sometimes I just, it's craved the simplicity and right. perfection of that.
1: Sweet, simple movies are allowed to exist. Absolutely. And especially when you do something and it's not just this saccharine hallmark movie type thing. This is an artistic vision. This is yeah. thought and care and not always the most subtle, but always genuine and heartfelt. Yes. This
0: movie chooses what it wants to be and it commits whole hog yes. to that concept. And that is, to my mind, one of the best things a movie can do is to decide what it wants to be from the outset and just hammer that home.
1: Is and, there anything you'd like to add, Trotsky?
0: Uh, sure. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the last couple notes that I had was that um, there is a stage musical version of this is they, there they adapted into a stage musical but John Patrick Shanley was not involved and therefore I do not care no uh, but uh, and the last I, thing is that- I can only
1: imagine that the Joe versus the Volcano musical yeah. was much like the Spider-Man musical <laughs> <laughs> Julie Taymor uh, wrote it right. you two scored it and it was a disaster
0: uh, I will say it never made it to Broadway so. I can understand that <laughs> yeah. Um, And also John Patrick Shanley said he based the movie on an experience where he had been working in an office building for quite a long time. He says he hadn't seen the sun in what felt like years. And then he went on a, he ended up on a boat somewhere. I don't remember how he said that happened, but he was on a boat trip or something with a friend. And he was out speeding along with the sun on his his face. And he was looking out and he was like, how did I get here? And then he wrote the the movie.
1: All right. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's it. That's it. I was going to ramble on like usual.
3: Okay.
1: (laughs) Uh, Do you know what you want to talk about next week?
0: Uh, No idea. I've been toying with the idea of making you watch Batman and Robin so I can talk about what a unsung masterpiece that is.
1: Sure, if that's how you want to live your life.
0: (laughs) But uh, I actually, no. The movie I meant to say we're going to do turned out to be...
1: yeah, I know. Really messy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, think about it. I will. Spring, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. This was a blast. It really was. Uh, if you ever have any other, if you think of any other strange little <laughs> artifacts that you love, feel free to let me
2: know. Okay, we will do. All this right? is
0: genuinely a fantastic film, and thank you for bringing it to yes. us. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: I love it. All I right. do.
3: I love it. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you.